You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. San Antonio Spurs with the third best record in the Western Conference, showing their great form at crunch time to get a come-from-behind win in Sacramento. The final seconds tick away, and your final score tonight, 107-100. to It's the 12th consecutive San Antonio win at the expense of the Sacramento Kings. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome in. Another edition of Locked on Kings. I'm Jason Ross. Glad you're with us. Follow me on Twitter at JasonRoss1140. Questions you want to send me, you could do it there. And what a Monday night it was in the sports world. Had some uh, good NBA games. Of course, a national champion was crowned. A thrilling uh, classic there in which Alabama defeated Georgia in overtime in college football. But a lot of eyes for those of us that love the Kings here on Locked on Kings. We were checking out the Kings closing out their homestand against the San Antonio Spurs and some good basketball played for a majority of the game, but not in crunch time. It ended up being a loss for the Sacramento Kings. 107-100, and that's what we'll do today. Cover this game and look ahead to the Laker matchup, which is coming up tonight. So, Monday night, the Kings were welcoming in the San Antonio Spurs. It's been a quirky homestand, to say the least, if we look back on it. Uh, A great performance against Cleveland. Kings just played a complete game, took the Cavs out of the game. Cavs Cavs got interested a little bit later in the game. It was too late. Kings played great. The Kings backed that game up with a poor performance against Phoenix, but had an opportunity to win that game still in the fourth quarter. Once they got the lead in the fourth, I thought, okay, they're going to win. They ultimately didn't. Then, following that game, a dismal performance on New Year's Eve against Memphis, only topped by the next game. Maybe not. I still think Memphis was the worst game of the homestand, but Charlotte was awful, too, as far as the amount of points, how easy it was for the Hornets. Kings got blown out of that game, so three consecutive losses. They get the nice win against the Denver Nuggets, and then San Antonio was the closeout game, and... That one ended up being a Spurs win, 107-100, but that really doesn't tell the story of the game, so we will do that on how it happened, how it played out, how the Spurs got it, locker room reaction, highlights, all that coming up today here on Locked on Kings. But I'm going to do something before we even get started on the game recap, and this is audio that happened before the game. Dave Deuce Mason, who we have on here periodically, is our uh, Kings radio producer, and before the game, he ended up uh, chatting a few minutes with Greg Popovich and getting some you know, word on the Spurs, but certainly about the Kings as well. And Deuce noticed that after the last game, which was here at home against the Spurs on the 23rd, I think, yeah, it was December 23rd, Spurs won that game. But as soon as the game ended, Greg Popovich went up to Bogdan Bogdanovich and they had a, a chat on the court. It wasn't long, but just uh, you know, noticeable. And so Deuce kind of asked him about that and what he has seen so far from Bogdanovich's game. The thing that's evident and obvious is that uh, he's a basketball player in the sense that he's a good enough athlete, you know, because you have to be a, a, a pretty decent athlete to be in the NBA. I mean, you know, you can't be the slowest guy in the world or whatever. So uh, he's, he's a pretty good athlete, uh, but he's a fantastic basketball player. He really understands innately how to play the game. He's just built for it mentally, you know, whether it's shooting the ball or understanding spatial arrangements on the court, who he's playing with, uh, what shot's good and what shot's not, uh, how to play with his teammates. Uh, he's really got a high basketball IQ. 
you know, on top of that, you know, he's got good skills. He handles the ball, he passes, he shoots. Uh, he doesn't have any fear. He's not intimidated by the NBA. Uh, he comes right in and plays. He's been in a lot of big games. You know, just you don't have to be in the NBA to play in big games. You know, they do that all around the world. So uh, all those things are evident about him. Well, obviously pretty high praise from Pop, and I joked in our pregame show when we aired that cut, stay away, Pop. I can already see you looking at Bogdanovich saying that would be a good guy in a Spurs uniform, and I'm sure he thinks that, and I'm sure he would be. Bogdanovich continues to play good basketball. Yes, he's a rookie, but he's experienced, and it's showing. He just The innate ability, I think, is the words that Pop used that Bogdanovich has, and you know, not the, he's a good athlete, but not this most amazing athlete. He's figured out how to play the game, how to find his way, and just understands the game. And, you know, uh, Coach Yeager the other day called him a, not a shooter, but a playmaker that can shoot. And I think that's what we've seen out of Bogdan Bogdanovich. So that is a backdrop for the game. Set us up for the Kings and the Spurs. Now, coming into the game, San Antonio, as they do so well, we knew they were going to be playing without Kawhi Leonard, who had that partial a partial tear to his shoulder. I mean, that was really bad news that he got the other day. Uh, also, there was word before the game that Manu Ginobili was not going to play. And so they were down, you know, a couple of guys that you normally count on for this team. Tony Parker left the game late with the injury. So, you know, it's the Spurs. They find ways to get other guys to ramp up. Last time the Kings played him, Pau Gasol hurt him. He had a triple-double. Uh, DeJounte Murray was critical in that game, though he nearly had a triple-double in this game. But it was Davis Bertans who was the ultimate killer for the Sacramento Kings. So many guys contributed. So many guys got it done for the Spurs. And really, they got it done late. That was the difference in this one, as here's how it played out Monday night at Golden 1 Center. Left wing feed to heel. Now drops to Crawley Stein with 10 on the clock. Rolls hard right. Look out! There's a big-time rip. You can see that one shaping up as he made the curl move outside the paint. There was nobody home in the middle. And that was a freebie for WCS. Fox stutter step drives, finds the seam, high floater glass. That was nice. The Aaron Fox puts Sacramento on top. Backcourt steal, bunny heel, goes to the wing, shoots three. He's got the triple. And that sequence right there is your barefoot Redwood moment of the game. Aggressive take to the basket for two by the Aaron Fox, then the backcourt steal, and a quick three from Buddy Buckets. Fox for the drive, kicks it out to Zebo, fakes the three. Kicks now to the right wing, uncovered for the triple is Fox. No good. Rebound, Collie Stein. Back up and in. Willie Collie Stein with the offensive rebound put back has 14 points in this first half. Parker probing, loses his footing, grabbed by Costa Cufas. Kings two on one break. Here comes Temple. Power jam off the bounce. Garrett Temple exploding above the iron. And Kings fans exploding out of their seats as a consequence. A seven-point lead at 89-82. San Antonio will call timeout. Defense creating offense at its very best. And Garrett Temple, who normally plays below the rim, that time elevated for a big-time stick. Transition three, Forbes, no. Bertans with a transition three. Late arriving, and he steps into it, and he hits it. Davis Bertans, whose career high was 21 points, now has 25. Here's Bertans, quick release for another three. Same result. Davis Bertans is on fire. Bertans gives it up to LaMarcus Aldridge, battling against Zach Randolph. Bangs him one, twice. Rolls into the lane, draws the foul, scores the basket. 
Foul will be on uh, Zach Randolph. Clock down to 32, 31 seconds. Anderson with a drive, Euro step, walks class, and there's your dagger. It's over. He hadn't made a field goal all night, and that time in slow motion, came down the right side of the lane, put it on the window, and scored it. Now he knocks it away from Fox. It's grabbed on the run. Patty Mills, layup, turn out the lights. What a finish for San Antonio. They're now up by nine at 107.98. We're down to 18 seconds to go. All right, so you heard how it sounded via the G-Man on the radio call. I want to kind of take you back through the game. Kings gave up the first basket, 2-0. But after that, got control of the first quarter, led the majority of the quarter. Couldn't really break away from the San Antonio Spurs, which is really hard to do, but led after 125-21 on a starting lineup that saw Malachi Richardson, Willie Cauley-Stein, Zach Randolph back in the mix, Buddy Heald, and De'Aaron Fox. No George Hill for the Kings. And so the De'Aaron Fox, again, knew he was going to get a lot of minutes and ended up playing uh, team high. Yeah, well, 30 minutes. Bogdanovich ended up playing a team high 33. But 30 minutes for De'Aaron Fox in that starting role. And again, Kings got off to a good start against San Antonio, which I think is critical. What they did so well in the second quarter was get a little separation. The Kings saw the lead get up to a comfortable spot of double digits, led by 10 at the half at 56 46. And remember, the Spurs lost the night before on Sunday night in Portland. And this year, they, it's only one time they've lost two in a row. And in fact, it was early on in the year back in October when they lost three consecutive games. So they don't lose two in a row, and let alone back-to-back nights, but they don't lose a couple games in a row often. So I was a little worried how the game would start. Kings were doing a good job. Really, the only guy hurting him in the first half was LaMarcus Aldridge. And they kind of had everyone else in check, held the Spurs to just 46 points, took care of the basketball, had just five turnovers. At halftime, I bet Pop laid into the team. San Antonio came out much more aggressive. Kings got a little sloppier. And now all of a sudden you go to the third quarter in which Sacramento turns the ball over seven times. They gave up the lead, but still had it at the end of the quarter at 76-73. So we take it to the fourth quarter. By the way, in that third quarter, Breton started to get a little warm, hit a couple of threes in that quarter. Saved his best for the fourth quarter, though, when he really started to light it up. But even with him going off, with LaMarcus Aldridge going off, we take you to the point in the game where you still feel like the Kings, they're not in total control, but they've led, again, for the majority of the game. Under four minutes to go, Willie Cauley-Stein scores a basket and Sacramento leads 95-90. The next point from San Antonio comes with 3.48 to go in the game, and that was a free throw by Kyle Anderson. After that, so it's still a four-point lead, 95-91, Kings miss. Bertans hits a three. It's 95-94. Jaeger calls a timeout. Three minutes and six seconds to go. So at that 95-90 mark, basically about 348 to go, in that final 348, the Kings were outscored 17-5. to That disparaging of a mark, is, or you know the disparity of the um, margin there, to give up 17 in three and a half minutes is pretty tough to do. To only score five is also equally tough to do. Kings got one made free throw from Willie. Uh, basket by De'Aaron to cut it to four, and then just a, a late basket by Willie when it was over. But it's just amazing the dominance that San Antonio had. And to me, the way the game played out had the look of a younger Kings team, inexperienced in games like this compared to a San Antonio team. No matter who's on the floor, they know how to win games. And they finished strong, made the plays they needed to, executed when they needed to, and got the job done. Spurs now have won 17 of the last 18 times in Sacramento, and it's their 12th straight win over the Kings. Kings ended up turning the ball over 13 times in the second half, 
and that turnover differential was critical. We look at stats a lot on different things like three-point three-pointers made. Well, three more makes by the Spurs. That's plus nine. Kings lost by seven. How about turnover differential? Spurs, 10 turnovers for 11 points. Kings turned it over 18 times for 24 points. So that's a 13-point differential. Those are things Kings had to make up for. And Aldridge led everybody with 31 and 12. Bertans had a career-high six made threes, career-high 28 points, and they needed all of that to get their victory. They did a good job on guys like Kyle Anderson you thought might go off or Pau Gasol, um, just anybody else that might hurt him. DeJounte Murray, those three guys combined for what, just five field goals. It was Bertans, it was Aldridge that did the damage for San Antonio. Now on the winning, on the losing side for the Kings, Willie Cauley-Stein had another good game, 22 points, nine rebounds. De'Aaron Fox gets his first career double-double, had a career-high matching 10 assists to go with his 11 points. Bogdanovich filled the stat page with 16, 5, and 5. And then Garrett Temple got out of a little bit of a shooting slide, 16 points and six rebounds. But opportunities for the Kings. One other major note I would say that I took uh, down for the game watching it the Kings have been talking about pushing the pace, and I don't think they've been doing that enough. I can see it. They've been doing it a little bit more. It was very noticeable against the Spurs that they made a concerted effort to push the ball more, and I think they did a good job with that. I think they need to do it even more, and looking at fast break points, it really wasn't a telling stat, but I thought they got easier looks, easier offense into some earlier offense, and I like that look much better for this team, and so pushing the ball was an effort. They did it. It wasn't enough for a win, but when you play the Lakers tonight, when you play the Clippers for two games later this week, I think those can, those kind of things can help them out going forward. All right, let's hear from the coach. Short and sweet today from uh, Coach Yeager uh, from last night's game, but he starts off his postgame uh, comments with the media talking about the play of Davis Bertans of the Spurs. Did a fantastic job of playing on the perimeter as a stretch big and uh, opens up the court for them, and, uh, and we got to you know, do a better job against some of those guys. When you look at kind of how almost complete that game was, I mean, that's, that is a positive for your team, a, a young team. It was very close to a 48-minute game for them. What did you feel happened kind of in the last couple minutes where the breakdowns were coming from? Yeah, they, they scored in seven out of eight times, I think, to finish the game, and uh, we had too many turnovers. Yeah, how much was their, their defense really locked in and got aggressive there? Yeah, they would dribble the ball off our foot like three times in the last. So that's their, you know. Critical note there from Coach Yeager to me was really the defense. Seven of the last eight possessions, or we praised the Spurs offense. I didn't feel like it was as bad of defense by the Kings, but more so execution by San Antonio scoring on seven of their last eight possessions. That was huge for them. And I think they got an offensive rebound in one of those to create an, uh, you know, a second look. And San Antonio doesn't beat themselves when it matters most, most. And then the Kings just made a couple of silly turnovers. They weren't terrible the entirety of the game. Second half, it hit them, but just dribbling off their feet a couple times and just doing some weird things late in the game when you have to execute, and they did not on Monday night. So that's Dave Yeager. How about inside the locker room from the player perspective? And again, Willie Cauley-Stein is getting into a really nice groove lately. 8 of 12, 30 minutes, 22 points. That led the Kings. Nine rebounds. That led the Kings. No steals this game after a career-high seven in the last game, but here's Willie after the game. On the stretch, um, and then they scored, like, you know, the last, 
you know, six or seven possessions that they had it um, when we really needed to get stops and scores. It doesn't matter who's on the, in the jersey, and they kind of know how to put teams away. Um, when you lose a team like that, that's just kind of that experience to know what they're doing. Is it? I know it's not easy, easier to swallow, but I mean, what do you see that they do that just makes them so efficient and so effective? Um, if you're open, shoot it. Um, or it's not like a designated dude that can't shoot it, or if he gets it and he's open, he can shoot it. If not, he's going to drive and make a play for somebody else, and that's what they do really well is just um, driving and getting you rotation and find the mismatch, and, and you know they're going to get a corner three or um, help, help, and they're going to get a three out of it. Uh, you just got to be able to stay in front of their first initial drive, and then it kind of shuts them all out, but easier said than done. Was there any confusion on your guys' end down the stretch there? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not, I ain't really thinking about it. Um, I have to go back and watch it, um, you know, on the plane on the way to L.A., kind of go back and see what we can um, do differently in the stretch. Uh, we was there, though. This, this is it's frustrating because I feel like we should have won it. Um, we was winning it for three quarters. Uh, and then kind of, you know, last five minutes can, can kill you. Are you still learning how to defend the three-ball, the bigs on this team? Uh, yeah. Everybody. I mean, it's not just the bigs. Everybody defending it because it starts, it's not just one person. It's, it's a collective group of, of how we guard it. Um, and if, you know, your miscommunication is going to be a three, especially playing that team, they're going to ding you with one. Um, and I feel like, you know, the last, you know, seven minutes, they kind of got into a rhythm of, of getting to the to their three ball. And, um, you know, the drive and kick game is, is serious with the Spurs. So um, it's, it's just like a focused thing. And it's a learning curve. How much of a surprise are you seeing, particularly Bertans kind of get that hot beyond the arc? It's not surprising. That's why he's here. That's why he's in the league is to do that. Um, so he, he did that, and he, he did really well at it. And they get the dub for it. Well, Willie seeing the experience and praising San Antonio and even the play of Davis Bertans wasn't surprised by that. And really, nobody should be, though it's a name we all may not know. But if you watch NBA, you know that he's more than capable. And really, anybody in this league is. When you give a guy an opportunity, I mean, you know, Vince Carter's not the best example because he's you know going to be a Hall of Famer and he was an all-star. But, you know, when Cleveland sees him go for 24, when his season high is eight, it happens. And Bertans got hot. And at times, the Kings left him open early on, but then he was making contested shots. And these guys are all capable. They're all pros. They're all capable of having, you know, electrifying nights. And it's painful when it goes against you, but San Antonio is really good at finding guys in a rhythm, getting hot, and exploiting that. And uh, they did that, just that, as they got the win. So now where do the Kings go from here? Well, they traveled to L.A. last night. They get the Lakers today. And this one is an important one to me as far as Back to teams that the Kings are equal to or less than or greater than, whatever. The the margin between the Kings and the Lakers, if you say the Kings are better, it's not by a lot. If you say the Lakers are better, it's not by a lot. The Spurs are better. Denver was better. Cleveland was better. It's back into that string of Cleveland, excuse me, of Memphis, Phoenix, Charlotte, those type of teams, which the Kings are in that clump of teams. So... I felt like they played up for the Spurs, and they played up for Denver, and they played up for Cleveland. They've got to play up for the Lakers. They did last time at Golden 1 Center. It was an electric atmosphere, national TV, building was alive. Now you're on the road. So Kings have done a pretty good job lately on the road. Uh, Last time at Staples Center was a miserable performance against the Clippers, but I'm anxious to see how they play against this L.A. team that had been struggling before their most recent win against Atlanta. And this team, at one point, 
was in a nice groove, but they have uh, hit the skids lately. And basically, the Kings have uh, just marginally a better record than L.A. Some things to watch for, though. The Lakers can score it. Top 10 in the league in scoring. Uh, they don't guard, though. They're second to last in the NBA in defense. So uh, if you get in too much of a track meet, that could favor the Lakers. Lonzo Ball is now back. Kuzma, Ingram, Clarkson, Randall, um, Nance. I mean, it's a team that relies on a lot of their younger guys mixed in with a few younger veterans, I will say, like Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Uh, they'll use Brewer. You know, lots of different guys they will ultimately use. But if the Kings can play, limit the turnovers, play at a better pace but not at too frenetic pace, hit some shots, the matchup's a good one for the Kings. They can come out of L.A. with a win, and I still think it could be a relatively productive week with two games against the Clippers Thursday and Saturday, one in Sacramento and one in Los Angeles. We'll see how it all goes. Should be fun. We'll recap it all tomorrow. And we do thank you for listening. As always, uh, check out the entirety of the Locked On Network. Lots of good stuff going on here. So we appreciate everyone else doing their work on the daily here on the Locked On Network. But thank you so much for listening to us here on another edition of Locked On Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.